Welcome to the Ausländer. So yeah, we are back in the Ausländer and we have here back again Stefan Schmiden. Yeah. yeah. So as some of you might know and the guys who don't know, just go to the first episode with Stefan because we were talking about his time in uh, Netherlands and Thailand. Thailand. Exactly. And yeah, we didn't have enough time in one fucking hour to talk about your whole experience. Like, yeah, it was maybe a little talky-talky that day. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you don't remember, that was mainly about monkeys and cats that day. Uh, some technical problems and yeah, being, yeah. being brave and <laughs> stupid. <laughs> stupid at the same time. Incredibly so yeah. stupid. <laughs> Um, yeah, we are again here with gin tonic, so we didn't even change the drink, so we can put it smooth and pretend that it's the same day. Um, we could certainly do so. Um, there's there's a slight change. I may recommend something that Mark just did. He put fucking peppercorns into the gin tonic. Um, I knew it's a thing. I've tried it the first time today. It's it's damn awesome. Highly recommend it. It's like Tabasco on. Yeah, well, I, I put it on pizza. I mean, I think I'm I'm offending people right now. Yeah, especially Italian people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good that you're Catalan. Uh huh. We mm. start well today. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Might it be the peppercorn? Um, the peppercorns. The peppercorns. <laughs> so yeah. So today we were going to focus in the life of Stefan in Denmark and afterwards France. So we finished around. Netherlands, close to Amsterdam, mm -hmm. coming back to Germany, having Very, some time here. Mm. And then, so you spent some time in Germany afterwards, like before. After, after Amsterdam? Yes. Mm, that was basically two weeks. Okay. So yeah, I had my so last day. So you did it again. So uh, for yeah. the people who doesn't know, he came back from Thailand. He spent one week with his family and friends and went to the Netherlands directly. So you did it again. I did it again. I, I couldn't really learn from my faults. I mean, I was crying like a big baby when I was when I was leaving Germany and haven't seen my parents for such a long time. And I had to do it again because the semester in Denmark started. So mm -hmm. and. Um, Eventually, everything was quite short notice, and uh, I think everyone who moved abroad knows that it's quite complicated finding a flat somewhere else in a different country without being there. So Especially if you are Stefan and you do things like finding flats once you are there directly. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, the, the, the interesting thing, I have the feeling in Asia it's a little easier. Okay. Because I, I reckon reasons are I was just lucky. Um, for my case in Denmark, it was freaking hard. That was the toughest flat search I've ever had, to be honest. Um, so yeah, Copen I, Copenhagen. Copenhagen, exactly, okay. exactly. So um, yeah, I applied for that uh, study program over there and I uh, got the chance to get in. And I remember I was still in Amsterdam when I got that notification and, you know, um, the, the weather in the Netherlands is sort of 
British <laughs> in terms of rain. Yeah, because Denmark it's much better with weather, no? No, it's it's <laughs> actually even worse. But okay. uh, back then I didn't know that, and I received a notification from the university that I could get into that master's program okay. that I was longing for since my bachelor's and. Um, um, I, I remember it was raining like hell and I just put on headphones and went for a run. I never go for runs. Like, I'm not a sporty person whatsoever, but I was just so freaking happy that I could continue this journey of, I don't know, being a student after realizing that working at this point, I'm not sort of ready for it or mm -hmm. I was ready, but I was just... Um, longing for the hedonistic lifestyle of being a student <laughs> let's be honest um, what were the studies about uh, the studies were called management of creative business processes so it sounds like everything and nothing at the same time i was going to say i i didn't understand a shit of what it's about but yeah cool yeah it sounds cool let's say like this it really helped me out uh, further in my career to just sell it as something that is needed for the job that i'm applying for because it basically means everything and nothing at the mm -hmm. same time <laughs> Um, it's, it was quite cool though, because it was basically about, um, yeah, how to work with creatives as a creative or non-creative in different industries. Okay. And, um, since I'm really into music, I was focusing on the music industry and I'm really happy that I did that because otherwise I wouldn't have realized that this industry is jack shit and I decided to not go into the music industry because, okay. uh, yeah. At least, at least in terms of major labels and being able to earn mm -hmm. some money and stuff. So, yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. So you were saying flat searching in Copenhagen, the worst nightmare. Uh, thank you, Sherlock. My cat is throwing stuff around uh, <laughs> again. So go to the first episode and you will realize that it's Stefan's fault. Uh, I'm not quite sure what it is. Maybe it's my scent or I, I, I thought I'm a cat person. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's that, yes. Um, coming from going to Vietnam, finding a flat by sitting in a restaurant mm -hmm. and knowing someone from a Facebook group. Mm -hmm. You're telling me that Copenhagen is more random than that? really random so um basically i i bought this fucking shitty ass backpack on amazon which had 90 liters and was like ergonomics wasn't really a thing for this backpack i just wanted a backpack where i can have stuff on my back uh -huh. amazon pay for the advertisement um uh, i wish they would uh, well by the way i don't hope they would but um it doesn't matter so i had that backpack with 90 fucking liters of luggage because i was like well i'm going to study in copenhagen now and i took a fucking i think a flix bus or, or a train and i okay. uh, went over with a ferry and um then on the ferry i was listening to a track from gogo penguin very nice jazz trio from the uk highly okay. recommended and they have this one song i think it's their most popular one i forgot the name uh, you should check it out and just imagine you're seeing the coast of Germany getting smaller and smaller and the coast of Denmark getting larger and larger. And of course, it's fucking sunset. And then there's this epic jazz song in the background. And then it hit me and I was like, fuck, I'm moving to Denmark. I don't have a flat. I just have my fucking backpack and I yeah. freaked out. And um, 
Of course, I tried to look for something in advance, but what can you, what can you do in two weeks? So the only thing I got yeah. figured out was someone on couch surfing. Okay. And um, uh, I I just looked for people where I could maybe stay for a couple of days, and luckily there was a girl from Argentina. Mm -hmm. Just just a quick uh, thing like uh, couch surfing for the people who doesn't know it's just oh oh yeah sleeping and because I, I know it's a quite common like thing but i think there is a lot of people who really don't True. know the concept of, of couch surfing so mainly you are staying in the couch of someone yeah um yeah there is no payment actually exactly. or a small thing no i think, I think it's, can, it's, it's up to you i think mm. it's basically you're allowing people on the run to host your couch yeah i reckon yeah that's uh, why it's called couch surfing it's couch surfing exactly <laughs> and um Yeah, I was just writing in there and then actually one girl responded and it was a girl uh -huh. from Argentina and uh, she said like, hey, I know the struggle, uh, I went through the same shit and when I arrived in Copenhagen I was couch surfing too and actually I want to give something back. Okay. Super nice, super freaking cool. So mm, cool. only because of her, I actually had the guts to say, okay, I'm gonna move there and let's see how things go. And mm -hmm. I arrived there and stayed, uh, sure. so I, I came into the Copenhagen um, main train station, took the took the bus to Norbro, which is an area where um, she lived, basically. Mm -hmm. Pretty nice area, by the way, very multicultural and um, yeah, full of life, lots of bars. I oh. really enjoyed it over there. And so that was my first station. Uh, I, I was there and um, she picked me up from the from the bus station and just welcomed me. And uh, since she was from Argentina, she made this nice mate tea for mm -hmm. me. And um, yeah, I was super relaxed. And then she asked me if, she, if, 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 if I do smoke certain substances. And then the, we were like, all right, this is going to be a nice evening. And mm -hmm. um The same night, she even took me into a blues jam session bar okay, called Mojo. Cool. Mojo is a yeah a tiny club in, uh, in in Copenhagen, and there was this jam session. And uh, I, I love to make music, so I arrived the first day. I I, I met this really cool girl that hosted me. Uh, was I don't know really making me comfortable and bringing me into this nice bar. Mm. We were having some drinks, and there was this jam session. I actually, I actually even went on stage. It was my first day and it was just beautiful. You know, I was cool. like, this is such a nice way to arrive. Um, but yeah, immediately after the whole, fuck, I need to find a flat situation mm -hmm. came back. And um, long story short, I mean, it took me more than a month to find something. Okay. And, and you stayed in this place for a month? No, 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 no. Because, because surfing for, for a month, it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. It's a lot. I mean, um, I stayed there for, I think, for two weeks or something. And then I, she even said I can stay longer and everything like that. But then another friend of hers also dropped by. And uh, it got quite crowded because her flat was quite small. So it was three people, basically mm. three mattresses living on the floor. Um, however, uh, afterwards I went into a hostel and that hostel was... Uh, It was nice because I think there were lots of lost souls like me who were looking for something or people that were just on the run. Mm -hmm. And um, that was in a diff different district as well. So in terms of finding the advantages of moving into a country without any plan and a place to stay and going from station to station, 
the advantage is you're getting to know the city quite well because you're moving around <laughs> the districts. And I had yeah. the feeling when I started the studies two or three weeks later, I knew whole fucking Copenhagen already because I stayed somewhere else almost every day, sort of, okay. you know. Yeah. So how did you find the last flat? Like just uh, typical... Um, There was actually this website or exactly. whatever. It okay. was a website, and uh, there I found the flat. And you know, the problem with uh, with uh, being desperate is that you just take whatever you want to without wait. You're not taking whatever you want to. You take whatever you get. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the flat was beautiful, but uh, I didn't really have the time to actually figure out how the people were in there. And um, let's just say it like this, they weren't the easiest flatmates to live with. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's say it like this. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a, something that, that we all know somehow, like <laughs> at least all the people who lived in shared flats. Um, yeah, man, just like, come on, we talk about experiences in the previous episode in, in Thailand, quite a huge difference. Now you are coming from Netherlands, shortly staying in Germany, but at the end the transition it was nearly Netherlands to Denmark. So yeah, how, exactly. what was the most shocking thing that you had when you arrived to Copenhagen? Um, Danes are for sure colder, colder in terms of mindset and mm -hmm. stuff. Um, not mindset is the wrong word. I think I made this comparison in the last episode with the yeah. coconuts and the peaches. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, so Danes are, are, at least in my perception, I may just have had different experiences, so I don't want to generalize, but however, I had the feeling it was really like, if you were talking to people in the bus asking for something and we're just looking at you like you're a freaking alien, are you really talking to a <laughs> random stranger in the bus? Mm -hmm. Like I actually had to take my headphones off you for fucking real <laughs> this is the look that you're getting and um mm. yeah it felt um i don't know if, honestly i felt quite alone in the first bits you know because in the netherlands they were a little warmer mm -hmm. at least in my perception yeah. okay yeah did you maintain contact with the argentinian girl Afterwards, uh, yeah, from time to time we're still writing actually, and we also. Well, I, mean, I mean, while you were in Copenhagen. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah, 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 yeah. There's this really awesome um, district called Christiania. Yeah. Uh, for the ones who don't know what Christiania is, it's basically a. How shall I describe it? It's a little um, district in uh, Friedrichshafen that is. Um, Yeah, close to the center, basically. Really beautiful district with the canals and stuff. And they sort of say... I don't want to say anything wrong. I may just do that now. But uh, for the ones who are interested, just look it up on Wikipedia. Just mm -hmm. type in Christiania. Um, it, is, it is just a district that called independence upon them. I think like 50, 30 years, mm. 40 years, something like this ago. And uh, it's it's sort of like a cultural hub mm -hmm. where lots of, uh, let's just call them free-minded people decided to rethink ways of living. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed that. So there was everything from 
concerts to theaters to i don't know arts galleries like the actually there was one one time where the freaking how is he called the um, the guy the scientist who mm -hmm. did who's who did the consulting work on interstellar okay the physicist He actually had a speech in Christiania about the science behind Interstellar and stuff. Stuff like that happened over there. So, okay, freaking amazing. Really, really enjoyed it over there. I don't know how we are. Why we're talking about Christiania? To be honest, at this uh, point, Argentinian girl. Argentinian girl, exactly. And she introduced me to that district, mm -hmm. and we were hanging over there a couple of times afterwards as well. Yeah. So yeah, we were talking about um, you in Christiania and. and uh, Argentinian girl um, yeah you know that I ask this kind of questions in the podcast but weirdest moment in Copenhagen oh man I mean gotta be honest Copenhagen was full of weird moments but there is I mean since we were talking about Christiania I think um, everyone who has been there for a while or at least has experienced this 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 district for mm -hmm. for for a couple of times literally like this there is this i mean some friends also danes uh we just called them the so-called christiania moments so there is always one random dude or girl appearing being like skyrocket high because maybe i should mention too that it is um legal to buy weed in christiania so legal by the perspective of copenhagen or legal of the perspective of christiania legal by the perspective of christiania and okay. let's it's it's sort of a gray area thing so police never goes there yeah. okay they go there from time to time um rains rates yeah 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 but i mean i mean it's 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 a whole political thing mm -hmm. and however this whole thing works i think i i'm not entitled in to yeah, talk yeah, sure. about this because i i don't know that much about it all i knew i could get there and get some get get some greenery and um however um once i was just walking there and actually a friend of mine who i was hanging with in thailand okay He's actually from Finland and he moved back to Finland too. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, hey, dude, you live in Denmark now. This is like not far away. So should we meet up? And mm -hmm. I was like, sure, please come by, visit me. And he dropped by. And of course, due to the fact that I was very, living very close to Christiania, I was like, hey, dude, let, let's check out this spot. I think you're going to love it. He's also like a, or shall I say, very open-minded artsy mm -hmm. guy. And um, so, of course, I had to show him. And... Uh, just hanging there and um was a really nice summer day i mean those two weeks that they call summer in denmark <laughs> where it's actually above 20 degrees that, okay. that's what what you could call summer over there <laughs> um uh, luckily he, he got a weekend where the weather was nice and uh, we were just hanging around there and then there was this random dupe just coming up and he he told us something about electromagnetic waves and how the birds are actually feeling that because they have some senses and organs that mm -hmm. can like like man gotta be honest he was just talking super jack shit high crazy stuff mm -hmm. you know like about 
conspiracy theories whatsoever mm-hmm. you know and it was just saying like yeah man and the, the birds and then and then they're doing this and this you know and by I think he said something like and then the birds they just suddenly pop up and they do quick turns or something like this he said something very predictable sort of you know mm-hmm. but us and our not so sober minds we're like yeah yeah dude whatever whatsoever and <laughs> fucking I, I'm telling you I'm not lying there was like I'm like seriously like hundreds of birds suddenly doing exactly what he just described (laughs) and you know we were just sitting there not just the two of us it was like I don't know maybe nine ten people Uh like independent groups but everybody was hearing this guy because he was talking very loud and he just said that thing regarding the birds and like ten people who didn't know each other just fucking died of laughter you know like everybody <laughs> was just like rolling nice. on the floor laughing man um the, and those kind of moments there were lots of those kind of moments i gotta admit um christiania is full of very nice but also crazy people and um there's always one person telling you a weird story if it's about birds and electromagnetic waves or whatsoever mm. um yeah there's also a second story that pops up um, also in Christiania, um, there were jam sessions every Sunday mm-hmm. in a place called Berner Theater. And um, it was really, really nice. It was mainly like jazzy, reggae stuff, mm-hmm. whatever cool. people there were, you know, and everybody could just go there and play. And uh, I actually got a gig there once and I, I performed my set, everything fine. And afterwards, there was a uh, local band playing sort of a jazz trio. They were mm-hmm. doing their thing. It was really, really cool. And then uh, afterwards, the, the open jam session got started, you know. And um, um, the guy at the bar was actually a friend of mine. So we had a couple of drinks and maybe a couple of drinks too much, let's say like this. Mm-hmm. And then he suddenly like, I just had a talk with him at the bar. And he just like like stopped talking and just like his eyes went blank and was like, "Hey, dude, like Oliver, like for real, what, what's going on? Are you fine?" Because I thought like, I mean, of course he had a couple of drinks with me, but he took it easy because he was working there and stuff. And then I thought like maybe he's not doing fine. What's mm. And then he's just like, "Dude, just turn around and it's like just seeing a random dude coming in and like." I don't know who this person is because he was obviously referring to that guy. He was like, man, this is a jazz legend. He's a piano player from Italy who is actually touring around currently. Okay. And, and like he, he played a gig in some opera stuff beforehand and now he's here. And nice. Like, Holy shit. Okay, really? <laughs> and then um, jam session was still going on, you know. And then I went on stage and played something on the guitar, like some something groovy. And then um, suddenly the guy, the piano player, came up and was like, hey, can I accompany you? And I was like, for real? Okay, f- let's do it. And he was playing some crazy jazz stuff. Then a very old guy came up and was like, hey, can I play the drums? And he just played drums suddenly, you know, and we're nice. just improvising. Then other two Danish dudes, like like I'd say around mid-20, mid-30s mm-hmm. max-ish, came up and were like, hey... 
we want to we want to have a rap battle now in Danish. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, man! And those guys were fucking rapping on jazz, hip hop ish beats. You know, okay. like every you could just see all the influence in a good in, way or in a good way. Yeah? Cool. They're freaking nailing it. You know, and cool. I mean, obviously, because yeah. to be honest, in the rap uh, environment, which I've been in Barcelona for a long time, I've seen these moments and sometimes it's not a great decision to do, like to <laughs> allow people to go on a rap battle in a lot of jam sessions. Yep. I've seen it in a really bad way also. Like It, it can get quite fuzzy, I guess. Um, I think my advantage was that my Danish at that point and also still today is meh. Mm -hmm. like I can understand yeah you don't know the lyrics but if they were at least on time on tempo and a little bit of, on, on the beat and everything like okay you know like you will survive even if you don't understand but I, I've seen like suddenly someone going up in stage with too much confidence that maybe they should not have on that yep. and I mean I'm not I'm not a person to talk about this because I've never been a good rapper and I was never good enough to write my own lyrics but yeah sometimes i've seen like really really cool jams being destroyed really easily and really fast you know like that is a very legit point um mm. we were lucky that night i can tell you um they were at least on time i'm not quite sure what they were talking about um but due to the reactions in this little small microcosm that this whole christiania exactly. bubble is interacting yeah. with I just assume when the people are actually cheering that they're not talking about Adam. Bullshit. Yeah, 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 of course. Exactly, exactly. If, if they are in Christiania, just like singing rap, um, I suppose they are singing about specific topics. And if the audience is reacting positively into it, exactly. I suppose it's okay. Exactly. Yeah, cool. But honestly, that jazz piano guy that just fucking blew my mind. Man. Man you don't remember his name. I, I, you know, like, um, as I said, I wasn't really sober and <laughs> I wish I could remember more, but I, I remember this feeling, this sensation, this, 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 I mean, the, the, the smokiness of the mm. room, the lights, everything, man, I have it in front of my inner eye. It's nice. freaking amazing, it's man. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jumping to the, to another question that I also ask you, like what it's just the positive and the negative thing that you compare or not compare like what would be your positive and negative uh, experience or thing that you can remark from from being in Denmark from your time in Denmark um positive definitely those two weeks that they call summer man it's uh, how shall i say um, due to due to the fact that the the, the country's up in the north mm. compared to where i usually stay um the light stays up way longer right the sun stays up way longer so and especially around this um time in summer where the day is the longest day i think they have this sort of festival yeah 24th of june something like this i reckon yeah, yeah we, yeah. we have san juan in there from the night from the 23rd to the 24th mm -hmm. yeah exactly the sun was actually it never went down nice. you could always see this glow and um um, you know, obviously the weather, besides of those two weeks that they call summer, <laughs> was quite moody, gray, cold, lots of wind because, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's a harbor city. And um, 
Does, does it happen the same as, as in Germany that when the sun is up um, and there is sun, uh, you flourish out of your offices and out of your places to the public space and you look like you are doing the photosynthesis sometimes? Exactly. That's exactly yeah. what happened. And that's one of the beautiful experiences mm -hmm. I've had. Like, like, holy shit, like, you know, Copenhagen is the capital of Denmark. And it didn't really feel like a capital, capital at all during the the, the, the fall or winter mm -hmm. because you, you, the only people that you could see were busy people on the fucking bikes. Mm -hmm. But during summer, suddenly everybody was outside and you could see the whole city flourish and everybody nice. was just doing their thing. And yeah, it was cool. beautiful. I really enjoyed that. Um, you were also asking regarding the bad experiences. Um, Well, not, not bad experiences, it's not about remembering but things, it's just like the thing that you say, okay, this is not something that, I don't know, that I didn't enjoy that much from there or I didn't like at, at, at that mm -hmm. point of time, you know, like. Oh man, I think I may get a couple of enemies after this, but hey, I have to say and I've heard that other guests in your podcast said that as well, man... Sorry, I'm spoiled. German beer is really good. <laughs> and drinking that, I mean, Carlsberg is it's it's a good beer. Tubok is also a good beer. Those two are the main beers mm -hmm. that they have and then they have this so-called Jule beer. Jule means mm. uh winter, winter yeah. beer, which always comes out in winter and I had the feeling this was sort of an IPA-ish mm -hmm. thing and I just freaking hate IPAs. Okay. That's my personal preference. You may judge me, you may not. Man, headaches for days. Like <laughs> like my hangovers in Denmark were out of this world. Like wow. Wow. It it, it messed me up big time. Like <laughs> crazy. I was out of water like not just for one day, I'm telling okay. you. Not just because I was getting older. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Um I would just suggest If you don't have any other story from Denmark that you really want to dig into, we still have a country left, mm -hmm. and that is France. La France. La France. La France, uh, yeah. Um, how did that happen? How did you move from Denmark? Did you finish the studies, studies in Denmark and then you decided to move to France directly? There was an input of time in between. What, what, what was going on in there? So, um, actually, um, due to the fact that I did my whole master's in Denmark, mm -hmm. I, in the beginning, thought, like, that's it, I'm going to stay here. This, it's okay. supposed to be the happiest country in the world, right? That was my mindset, sort of, uh, that, that I finally arrived. Yeah, if you only consider that they have two weeks of summer yet, happiest country yeah, in the world. Yeah, yeah. I, I would kind of disagree with that, but yeah, sure. About that whole happiness thing, I think it's very subjective, yeah. Uh, doesn't matter, I mean, it's... Anyways, everything is subjective in a way. Uh, yeah, I understand that you were having like an, an space there. You were, you were enjoying the, the country itself exactly. and, and the city. Why you, di you why did you live at, at the end? Yeah, yeah. The thing is, uh, the Danes who were studying with me, uh, I think in the third semester, we mm -hmm. had the chance to go abroad. 
and they actually were like hey you're i'm going abroad there's partner universities and i was like nah i don't need that i'm just gonna stay here you know like actually experience mm -hmm. in the country and like literally very fucking last minute the last day where we could go to the international office and tell them like hey i want to go abroad i just suddenly was like you know what i'm It, going abroad i'm going abroad i'm just gonna for studies yeah so inside of so you were abroad studying yeah and you decided to go abroad from that other country inside It, of the studies that you were studying abroad exactly that's really complex it's Yeah, yeah, it's sort of a, a matryoshka thingy. <laughs> so yeah, the the, the, the Russian dolls that exactly, you put inside exactly. of inside. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. That's what happened, uh, or our inception, basically. Mm -hmm. And um, why that sudden decision? Like all your people were going out, so you suddenly realize, oh fuck, I'm staying here alone, oh, or what the hell happened there? It wasn't really about the people. I I have the feeling there was one of the few moments where I, I mean, obviously, if you if you if you look back, you may think that this whole going abroad somewhere and not mm -hmm. having things planned out hundred percent. Uh, feels like a decision that isn't well thought through, but <laughs> you may not believe me, it was thought through in terms mm -hmm. of I, I know that I can make it somehow, you know, but this decision was really a gut feeling. Okay. I had the feeling that after we being done with studies and starting to work and something like this, having the possibility to have such a spontaneous decision to change your surroundings like mm -hmm. 180 degrees. How how many time you were already in in Denmark by that point? Like uh, one and a half years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then I just um, took the chance and I told the international office like obviously it was the last round, so everything was grasped already. I I just had to take whatever was left, and um, I was applying for New Zealand. Oh wow! Okay, uh, back. didn't work out. No? Didn't work out. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I got into Ankara in Turkey. Okay. And uh, I got into the studies and was like, hey, nice, Ankara. I, I think this is going to be nice. And I'm not quite sure which year it was, to be honest. But it was that year where there was this bomb terror attacks in a subway somewhere. Mm -hmm. So they, the university actually pulled out. They said like, hey, sorry, we can't send our students over there because the situation is not stable. Okay, so I see a repeating pattern between Korea and yes. Thailand yes. and Turkey and France. Exactly. So it happened again. It you happened were again. like kind of planning to go to somewhere and then you end in another place. Okay. At this point, I sort of got used to it. <laughs> which was I can imagine, definitely. Like, <laughs> I was way more chill about it and was like, yes, sure. I mean, then I'm not going to Ankara. Uh, what else you got? And then we were like, hey, there's this university in Paris. You want to go to Paris? And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And I agreed. And this time, this is actually the very first time I moved into a country and had a flat already. Nice, finally. Mm -hmm. And uh, there, it was it was a luck shot. I can't even remember how. I think, oh, I think I remember how there was this platform called WG gesucht. Yeah. It's a German platform. Yeah. You probably know it. It's basically uh, a co-shared flat mm -hmm. that Search you can interface. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And apparently, a German student 
was inserting his room in that shared flat in Paris on the space in WG gesucht in Germany. Okay, that's weird. Okay. Yep, and I found it somehow. So, yeah, I just wrote the girl and she was an Irish girl living in Paris. Who write in a, a thing on... Ah, uh, no, the guy who was living. Uh, exactly, was exactly, German. Okay, exactly, okay. exactly. And then... I was like, how an Irish girl ends posting a shared flat thing in Paris in a German platform. That's really, really complex. That, way that's to compl freaking <laughs> complex, yeah, man. Actually, you need like a sign, like a minority report <laughs> thing where you can drag around all the fucking thingies in order to see. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. So eventually I ended up getting that flat. Okay, cool. Uh, I went to Paris, uh, I think a weekend before to pick up the keys and everything to have a look at it. And man, how, how long were you planning to stay in Paris? Like it was for a semester itself. It was a semester okay. and I stayed a little longer. Okay. So, yeah, and uh, I got um, enrolled into that university, and I went over there and um, got that flat. It was in the sixth uh, arrondissement, which mm -hmm. is very close to the center, so very close to Pont Neuf. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know uh, if you if you're familiar with it, but Pont Neuf is like no, no. I freaking love it, man. Like it's so beautiful, right at the Seine. Um, Notre Dame was like I could hear the bells of Notre Dame okay. ringing in the nice. morning from my flat man it's uh, insane freaking insane cool yeah eventually I ended up there nice I would suggest that we do a Cut. small break mm -hmm. and we just grab another gin tonic mm -hmm. and yeah we come back afterwards for sure man so yeah, we were just scrapping another gin tonic and we are back. So you were just talking about your apartment in Paris in location. Um, exactly, yeah. How was living there? Man, um, so Paris is, I mean, if, if, if you see a pattern in terms of living costs, Thailand was cheap, obviously. At least for someone uh, who who's used to German prices. Mm -hmm. Moving on to the Netherlands, it got a little more expensive than Germany. Moving on to Denmark, it was a little more expensive than the Netherlands. And moving to Paris and the location where you used to live in Paris, it was even more expensive than okay. Denmark. So... Uh, you can imagine um, that I couldn't afford... So basically I had the choice to live in the outskirts in a nice place or in a shitty place in the inner circle. Mm -hmm. uh, I chose the latter. Mm -hmm. So the place where I lived was... Um, <laughs> or shall I say my landlord, he only accepted cash and uh, he was also running really good like, sign yeah. yeah exactly exactly and uh, like basically every month a random other dude came up who who was just knocking at our door and was like hey where's the rent like like random dudes and you were not even sure if it's gonna actually arrive at the place mm. where it's supposed to arrive and um basically this flat uh super nice location everything whatsoever and it was just it was a mess like i had a flat I, I, like like my room it basically was 
eight square meters or something. You were living alone there? Or? No. Um, mm. So it was a shared flat. I was living there with two other people. Mm-hmm. Um, two other super nice people. That was basically the best shared flat experience I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Those two were from the, uh, from the Netherlands, actually. Uh, also doing their semester abroad over there. And... Um, I'm still friends with one of the guy till today. He's like super amazing and so freaking Dutch. Like he even imported his own freaking Gouda. <laughs> like <laughs> nice. his parents dropped by and he had this huge chunk, this huge block of Gouda that he take to, had to take. Because I mean, and we all know in France, there's no good cheese, right? No, it's not never. famous for cheese at all. So he, the, the Dutch guy had to take his own cheese. <laughs> I would I, I would not say anything about this because I'm still uh, bringing my Spanish jamón from from Barcelona. So, uh, yeah, n- no comments. I I get it somehow, and I mean I have to admit having a a nice piece of old gouda in between all this nice brie and and camembert. I mean, or roquefort and whatever mm-hmm. these names are, man. So yeah, um, that was a really nice surrounding really nice people that I was living with but the quality of the flat in terms of let's start with hygiene (laughs) it was like dude my fucking hygiene factors let's say like this not hygiene in terms of cleanliness it was clean if you cleaned it obviously but my room didn't even have a door okay and uh, I basically had a curtain and um uh, I was living next to the living room, so fortunately I'm I'm a night night owl, so I was the guy who was going to bed the latest yes. anyway. So I think that was the only reason why I could survive in there uh, mm-hmm. with other people that yeah. are basically strangers in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy, yeah, man. Crazy. Um, so at the end, I was the movement that you knew that was periodic yeah. at the end because all the other moves that you did before Thailand also you knew that it was like for for, for a time mm-hmm. um, how was it like knowing that it was going to be like in a, in a specific amount of time and yeah. knowing that the semester it's not a lot of time actually no it's quite fast um, I have to admit it was easier Mm-hmm. was easier because you exactly knew what's going to come afterwards having this certainty is nice but also makes things a little like everything I've experienced felt nostalgic the day after because I knew I'm going to go mm. you know what I mean yeah, yeah. sure and um, yeah that that yeah it's a two-edged sword I'd say right it's because good. after that you were returning to Denmark Exactly. What what happened with your flat in Denmark? You keep it? You ah, oh, oh, yeah. That, that good that you're saying it, actually. So I actually sub-rented my room to mm-hmm. another guy who kept on staying in the flat after I came back. And I told you before that those former roommates I've had, they weren't... Mm-hmm. Uh, what me doesn't doesn't want, don't want to say that they weren't the nicest. They were super nice people, but let's say like this: we had we had different values mm-hmm. in terms of how to live together and stuff like this. And um, the new guy, he's actually from the states. 
mm-hmm. and um, he he moved there while I was gone and also stayed there and till now he's also a really good friend of mine so okay. coming back and knowing that there is a guy that I could actually connect with on another level uh, in comparison to the former roommates was mm. a good feeling in terms of coming nice. back yeah cool like going back to Paris um what about it's a huge city mm-hmm. Paris it's way bigger than Copenhagen at the end Um, how was this change how was like um, like changing from a from a relatively small city let's say like this even if it's the capital of a of a whole country but you were moving to the other capital of a whole country which is huge in comparison one to the other yeah um I mean, due, due to the fact that I used to live in Bangkok before, uh, the grand scheme, uh, scheme of, of, of being in a big city wasn't unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. Still, it was Europe and not yeah. Asia. Yeah. And uh, by the way, there was also during the time where the, um, where the refugee crisis was quite mm-hmm. big. And as you may know, France also took in a lot of refugees. Yes. And you could see that. You could see that in terms of there were camps and squads and people who were really having hard times Mm -hmm. living on the streets. And um, also, dude, imagine there was one of the, I think the first thing that they told us during the university that we we have to download an app for terror attacks okay to get a warning beforehand you know was that before or after the Charlie Hebdo that was afterwards okay so that was the reason why the government Mm -hmm. uh, developed uh, this app and you arrive there and you you get the news that you have to download this app because of the terror attacks and then you see the whole refugee crisis over there as well and you know the, the the police wasn't walking around like here in Germany just like they are they actually had like fucking AKs yes, yeah. and that was intimidating honestly walking around and having the feeling of okay there's like almost military-ish mm-hmm. I don't know a military-ish setup on the street yep definitely seeing the difference between poor and rich um, to an extent that I haven't even experienced in Asia, where I would maybe suggest that you could grasp that difference in in a different manner. Um, that was extreme, indeed. It was really extreme, and got me thinking as well. Honestly, mm. yeah. okay. for sure, yeah, crazy. Mm. So I suppose that was tough to see at the end, and tough to experience when the when you arrived there. Um. What's the thing that you would say was like the most refreshing for, from going to France? You were saying at the end that you were like going out of Copenhagen just because of a gut feeling at the end. So <laughs> I'm really curious to know what was the, the, the thing that made you reaffirm that that was a good decision at the end somehow. Uh, <laughs> this may sound weird, but I think it's two factors. The f- the weird one is for sure maybe the food honestly le baguette le baguette le fromage man french cuisine they uh-huh. they got their shit together uh, man that that i mean and i'm coming from a from a bread country mm-hmm. you know 
And that was the first country where I didn't miss bread outside of Germany. That baguette really made it, man. Like, I went there to this one bakery around the street. It was a small one, you know. I'm afraid of saying croissant, but uh, yeah. The, uh, the croissant was there too, man. It yeah. was there. And man, the, 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 that, that one sesame baguette was a baguette, mm. but with sesame. And, and then the second aspect I was talking about was really refreshing. It was more multicultural. Paris is really, really multicultural in terms of mm. you can see the Arabic influences and also colonization, all those things. I'm not quite sure if Denmark has colonized. Yeah, yeah they did. But you can't really see the remnants of mm -hmm. the colonization within the capital. In Paris, you could see that and experience that. So there was lots of, how shall I say, North African food. There was, uh, especially in the north of Paris, a whole... Um, whole um, shall I say arrondissement that's how they call it like a whole district that was mm -hmm. dedicated to Indian people sort of okay and um, yeah my roots are in India so uh, so I, I went there and it just felt like hey crazy you can get all those things that I could mm. get no. when I was back visiting my grandma in India you know yeah, so crazy how, how all that uh, intercultural um, remnants were so graspable for someone who just moved there yeah Cool. That was really cool. Really, really nice. Um, I would say just like maybe things uh, are were a little bit like in terms of um, cultural things not that different from, from Germany. The last three countries that you were somehow at the mm -hmm. end were inside of Europe. We're closer to each other, yeah. So I suppose that the biggest difference was culturally wise between Thailand and the, the rest of the countries where you have been. Even with that, would you say that you notice any cultural difference between being in Paris or being in Netherlands or being in Denmark as countries that are really close to each other? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um On the surface, they may appear different. I mean, I would maybe, I would maybe, maybe Netherlands and Denmark are closer to each other, mm -hmm. but France was a different thing. I'm, I can't say France because Parisians and Paris, that, that's a whole yeah. little subculture in itself, I'd say. Um, but it for sure, Paris was more of a culture shock than being in. Amsterdam or in okay. Copenhagen, yeah. And um, I'm just trying to grasp what was so different about it, to be honest. Um, I think maybe because of the... I, I really have to say this whole um, terror attack threat, the whole um, intercultural clash in terms of different countries living very close to each other... Mm -hmm. That was something that felt really beautiful, but due to the negative implications of the refugee crisis, it felt also really grim. Mm. Grim, that's how I would describe it, man. And um, I think that impression at this certain time frame where I have been there made the whole Paris experience feel way more different compared to the other European countries. Okay. Yeah, yeah makes sense. Makes yeah, completely yeah. sense. Um, yeah, just 
maybe last question about France and Paris as we are running a little bit out of time and you already know that I have like the two special <laughs> questions at, at the end. Um, any experience that you remember from Paris that you would say, oh, that's really, really cool or I remember this in a specific way or feeling or random random not really random and just like any experience that you say oh yeah i really enjoyed that moment or i really like loved that and i mean i one thing i just have to mention it um was the fact that i met my girlfriend over there mm -hmm. um as cheesy as it sounds um paris in paris i met my <laughs> girlfriend that i'm together with for five years now over in paris yes it happened it's so cheesy that uh sometimes we even tell people like a wrong story that we met in a cheese store and we were longing for the same same piece of cheese but in reality it was tinder but um yeah i mean happens i know the story about tinder uh, i mean <laughs> i experience it also so yeah It's always better to say that you were expecting for the last piece of camembert. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly, exactly. And then we had to share it, obviously, yes. at the Seine, right at the Pont Neuf. It was yeah, sunset. Exactly. Sharing a baguette avec fromage. <laughs> no, I mean. Crème president. <laughs> They actually don't have president over there. It's so crazy. President is a brand that they did for. Sporting out. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, man. Um, Obviously, I have to mention this as a beautiful experience, uh, which I'm grateful for. Um, and I think the second one must be a contact that I got from a friend of mine that I was studying in Germany with mm -hmm. during my bachelor's. Uh, I told her like, hey, I'm moving to Paris. And she was like, ah, oh, awesome. I have a friend in there. I was uh, actually with her on a semester abroad in Brazil. Mm. But she's actually French and lives in Paris. Mm. And she told me like, hey, uh, I'm just gonna uh, put you into a chat. I'm mm -hmm. gonna introduce you to each other and then you guys can hang. Yeah. So so I have some people in the beginning yeah. at least. And um, she, that friend, was so nice and open like she invited me to her home with her parents and like oh, nice. like that that's where i uh, got introduced to the concept of having a salty dessert which is a cheese platter oh my god i mean a cheese platter for dessert man with all that fucking nice fig jam and all that stuff hey, man that was so good and they're telling me like uh, her dad was a filmmaker you know okay. and like they were really interesting really cool people and um nice yeah i really enjoyed it over there and um they uh, they they were also really into music and the whole culture cultural aspects of music and and theater and whatsoever and um There was a place where I think I felt really, really home right from the beginning. And they, 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 I don't know, they put an effort into making me feel home, you know, mm -hmm. and that's something I just got to appreciate. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Makes sense. Cool. Really nice. Um, I will jump to the last two questions. You already know them. So recommendation for the people who travel will be your second recommendation in this case, but maybe from the experience in Denmark and, and France, people who wants to live in another country. Try couch surfing. 
honestly it may even if you have the money to stay in a hotel even if you i don't know even if it's out of your comfort zone trying to crash at someone else's places randomly um i think having the trust of letting a stranger into your flat shows a characteristic of a person that is something great mm -hmm. and being in the position to actually getting something back in life which is a case when you have to couch surf is it's 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 nice and you feel gratefulness i mean if it goes right of course i mean maybe there are creeps or whatever i don't know mm -hmm. i'm just saying even if it's a bad experience it's something that is very intimate in terms of someone else is letting you inside their yep. home you know definitely. so i would recommend doing that at least once cool yeah <laughs> yeah definitely that that's um, that makes a lot of sense actually yeah. last question as always mm -hmm. personal recommendations personal projects friends that you want to use this channel to recommend them oh man let me think oh yeah i know one so during all this time during all these travels and whatever i just told you i had still contact with one of my best friends here in germany mm -hmm. uh, his name is adrian and um, he whenever i mean obviously i was devastated and happy and sad and nostalgic and so many times and he always lent me an open ear we 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 kept contact during those five or more years that i was abroad and um Yeah, first of all, I just want to say thank you to him because uh, he was listening to all my whininess and to my mm -hmm. enthusiasm. But he uh, happens to be a great uh, techno artist here okay. in Offenbach, uh, which is right close to Frankfurt. And uh, he's going to release his new album soon. Or maybe he has released it already Most when, probably, when, yes. when it's uh, done. Yes, exactly. And his name is Anschein. Mm -hmm. um, a N C. Uh, A-N-S-C-H-E-I-N Anschein um, I, I'm just going to give you the links so yeah, you can yeah, post sure it, it down be there. exactly and I would just uh, recommend to you guys to check out his music because uh, he's freaking good and um, yeah sounds good it, yeah. <laughs> second recommendation second music recommendation from Stefan coming like first one was also music, music recommended so we definitely will check that you will have the link on the description perfect thank you Stefan so much have a, a nice one thanks for having me here man cheers of course <laughs>